Come on, lift your hands and worship the Lord with us this morning. Jesus is worthy of all the praises. Jesus is worthy of all the honor and all the glory. If you will lift your hands with me and just let out your voice and bless the name of the Lord. Heaven rejoices with us for the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end of curse, and the last, the one which is, which was, and which is to come. We worship you, holy God. We worship you, O King of kings. There is none like you. There is none like you. We honor your name this morning, O great God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Jesus, you're so holy. You're so righteous. Oh, God, and we honor you this morning. We're grateful to be in your presence one more time. We're grateful, Lord God, to come together. Together one more time to bless the name of the Lord, to honor the name of the Lord, to bow before you and magnify your name. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Holiness has a name, and it's Jesus. Redemption has a name, and it's Jesus. There is no other name. Given unto men whereby we must be saved. It's only by the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. There is none like you, oh great God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody bless the Lord with a shout of praise this morning. Somebody clap their hands unto the Lord this morning. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. Jesus alone is worthy of our worship, of our praise. He is worthy. Clap your hands unto the Lord and let out your voice this morning. If you're grateful to be together again, praise the Lord. If you're thankful to come together and honor Him, praise Him. Oh, hallelujah. If you're grateful for the Word of God today, thank Him right now. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, we're grateful this morning. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Amen, 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 amen. We thank the Lord this morning for waking us up, starting us on our way, and giving us this great privilege to know him in a more intimate way and allowing us the privilege to draw closer to him allowing us the privilege to serve him allowing us the opportunity to love one another to be added to the body of Christ what a wonderful opportunity and privileges that God has allotted to us we're so thankful he is so worthy amen welcome welcome everyone to Christ Center Church the church where Christ is our central focus and we come came and we're here this morning 
to put all of our focus on him at this time. He deserves all of our attention, all of the praise. Amen. For those of you that are a part of our congregation, we're so grateful that we can come together again. You know how much we love you, and we're grateful to be a body, a family of God. For those of you that are tuning in and and, and come to be with us. We welcome you and thank you so very much for being a part of our service this morning. We pray that we can be a blessing to you and that the Lord will do great things in your life. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer and ask his will to be done and ask that his spirit will flow freely in our service, which means wherever you are, we're praying that his spirit would flow in a great way in a miraculous way in your life, in your family's life, in your home. And so we're going to pray this morning together and ask God to just move in a special way, if he will, in our service this morning where you are in your family's life. And we want to see great things. We're going to continue to pray for those that we know um, are battling sickness, ailments, viruses. Uh, We need to pray for them yesterday in our uh, corporate prayer. We made mention of one of our sisters, Maxine Stevenson, and uh, we want you to keep her in your prayer that God's hand will be upon her. Continue to pray for Brother Chuby. We have talked about that, that we need God to touch his body, touch his mind, and um, touch him emotionally and, um, and, and, and physically, that he will be strengthened and that he will just be whole again in everything. And so pray for Brother Chuby. Amen. That God will touch him. Amen. I've been praying for Brother John Bueller. I need to reach out to him. I, I texted him the other day, and um, I did not hear back from him, but um, I'm probably going to visit him. <laughs> you know, when I can't hear from anyone or I can't see you, I come and visit you. And so, and the visit is not in the house, but, you know, you're by your screen door, and I'm like, you know, six feet away, you know, the social distancing thing. But I still like to make sure I check in with everyone. Amen. Brother, um, just 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 um, thought about um, a couple of people this morning. Um, what I, I've, I've heard from them, and I know that they're doing well. And um, I don't know why their name is slipping me right now. The Sharps. <laughs> Sister, Sister Sharp, don't kill me. Uh, but I, I thought about the Sharps this morning, and I want them to know that I love you and thinking about you. And we pray God's blessing upon you and your family and that God will have his way in your life today in this service. So, amen. Keep the sharks in your prayer um, that God will just bless them and keep them. Amen. Brother Kellerman had an uncle or have an uncle. Um, His name is Everton Chilson. And we want to pray that God will continue to touch his body. There's a lot of people that are sick. So let's keep them in your prayer this morning. And our frontliners, our medical professionals, that we will continue to pray for them. Also, our essential workers, we will continue to pray for them as well. And we want God to have his way in our service. If you will pray with me, if you will stand, got to get your joints loosened. Amen. I know it's, it's, it's a benefit and a drawback to be in your personal space, to be in your home wherever you are right now. It's 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 a it's it's a blessing, but it also can be a cursing because you, you don't get to really get in and worship the Lord today, like you want to, or when you come to the building. And so I'm going to challenge you uh, today to worship the Lord. As a matter of fact, 
you want to position yourself in a place where you you can worship the Lord, uh, whether it's sitting at your dining room table, sitting on your couch. Amen. Uh, for those of you that are in the bed, you're going to miss it today if you stay in the bed. Even though you will hear the word, you're going to miss what God wants to do in your life. So if you're in the bed, I encourage you to sit on the couch or or sit at the table or or go in the kitchen. Go someplace else other than the bed this morning if you want to experience something special from the Lord. Are you ready to pray with me? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're grateful this morning to come together one more time under the banner of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're grateful, Lord God, that you have awakened us, Lord God, and started us on our way and clothed us in our right mind, Lord God. We will not take the, the things, we will not take anything for granted. For there's so much that we've taken for granted, Lord. But in this hour and in this time, we've been forced to reflect, Lord God, and not take anything else for granted, Lord God. But, Lord, understand you've been good to us and you, you, you've been doing great things for us. And, Lord, we no longer want to take anything about what you've done for us for granted. So we give you thanks this morning, Lord God. We honor you this morning, Almighty God. For there is none like you. We have come this morning to exalt your name, to praise your name, to magnify your name. We've come this morning to worship you, bow down before you, and just love you. We've come this morning, Lord God, oh, Father, for you to work in our hearts and minds, for you, Lord God, to do what only you can do in us spiritually, Lord God. I pray, oh God, for those that are sick in the body this morning. Sister Maxine, Lord God. Brother Chuby, Lord God. Oh, Father Everton Chilson, Lord God. I pray that you will touch their bodies and, and touch their minds. And Lord, miraculously let them receive healing by your strike, Lord. I pray that they will be whole, that they will be strengthened, and the power of God will move upon them in a mighty way. We thank you for their healing. We thank you for making them whole. Lord, our workers, Lord God, our, our frontliners, Almighty God, those, oh God, that have sacrificed and given all, oh God, to care for others. I pray, Lord God, for everyone that's working in the healthcare professional, Lord God, that you will continue to defend them, keep them, protect them, Lord. Let no harm, no danger come to them, Lord God. And if they have become sick, Lord God, I pray miraculously that the healing power of God will eradicate and make them whole. Oh God, I pray that you'll bring them home safely each and every day that they are afforded to leave their home. I pray that you'll continue to defend them and protect them. All of our essential workers, Lord, defend them and protect them and keep them and bless them, Lord. I pray this morning that the power of the Almighty God will overshadow us this morning as we worship you and praise you that we will experience the supernatural and divine power of God, that we will never be the same again, that change will come into our life, that understanding, oh God, will come to us, and that God, we will become doers of your word, and not just hearers, Lord bless us today, let the anointing flow freely, oh God, cause somebody to be born again of the water of the spirit, Lord, we give you the honor and the praise, for there is none like you, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray, can somebody say amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord and thank Him this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You may be seated. 
Blessed be the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's a joy and a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. I want to say to all of you that are watching, listening, if 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 you need me, please get in touch with me. Uh, I, I need us to make sure we communicate with one another and never feel like you're bothering me. I'm here for you. And so I want to do everything that I can to help you in any way, to be a blessing to you. So if you need me and the time that you need me, I'm not reaching out. Make sure you reach out to me in any way you can, whether it's the website, whether you have my phone number, text me, anything. Whatever way you need to get in touch with me, please do if you need me in any way. Know that I'm praying for you. That never uh, changes. I'm always praying for this church. But if you need me in some other way, in some other capacity, please reach out and let me know. I want to know how you're doing, and so I want to be able to help in any way that I can. So uh, I want you to just to keep that in mind. It, it's important that we stay connected. We are a family. We are the body of Christ, and we need to be connected. Amen? Amen. Somebody say it's offering time. It's offering time. Amen. They're saying it real strong over at my place here, so... I guess they're ready to give this morning. I'm ready to give too. And as I mentioned last week, uh, we're going to do special offering. It's going to be a challenge this morning. you got to be patient. <laughs> got to be patient. But we are not going to stop doing what we believe is to be the will of God in anything that we do. So get your offering in your hand. And for some of you, you may have already given your offering online some sort of way. But by faith, stand right now with me one more time. And you're, you standing represent that you have your offering in your hand. So you don't literally have it in your hand. I want you to stand with your hand like this. Amen. I want you to stand with your hand like this. If you don't have anything to give, I want you to pray this morning with me. And I'll pray for you that you will be able to receive something from the Lord. So we're going to go to the Lord this morning. And we're going to make a declaration as we often do in our church. And so many of you have enjoy our special offering and so many of you have seen great blessings from our special offering and so we're going to go before the Lord in declaration of, of his word and we will just speak the word of God by faith and we know God will respond. Faith is the currency that God responds Amen. to. Amen. So the, the statement says statement of faith, decree it says thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. That's Job twenty-two twenty-eight. So we are going to go before the Lord with our offering. And I want you to get your offering in your hand. So you're going to repeat after me. So when I, um, when I say what I say, you say it right behind me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's, let's do it. Are you ready? Amen. All right. Upon the authority of your word. Upon the authority of your word, I have given, I have given, and it shall be given to me. And it shall be given to me. Press down, press down, shaken together, shaken together, and run it over. And run it over. I am a tither. I am a tither. I bring my tithe today. I bring my tithe today into the storehouse. Into the storehouse. Therefore, therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. The curse is broken. I live 
under an open heaven. I live under an open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing. You pour out upon me such a blessing. That there is not room enough to receive it. That there is not room enough to receive it. We receive jobs. We receive jobs. And more and better jobs. And better jobs. Raises. Raises. And bonuses. And bonuses. Sales. Sales. And commissions. And commissions. Benefits. Benefits. And settlements. And settlements. Estates. Estates. And inheritances. And inheritances. Interests. And income, and income, rebates, rebates, and returns, and returns, checks in the mail, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, bills paid off, debts demolished, debts demolished, royalties received, royalties received, my whole family saved and walking with God, my whole family saved and walking with God. Perfect health and abundance. Perfect health and abundance. To walk in divine favor and blessing. To walk in divine favor and blessing. I am blessed going in. I am blessed going in. I am blessed going out. I am blessed going out. All that I do. All that I do. Will prosper. Will prosper. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, we've declared your will. As we give. We give in faith. And we know, Lord God, you will direct how these finances will be dispersed for the work of the kingdom. We ask, O oh God, that you will touch us. For those, Lord, that want to give but don't have to give, I pray, Almighty God, that you will make a way for them to receive Amen. that they're able to give. Lord, bless them with health and strength that they're able and capable to go out and obtain earnings. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say amen. 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 We're going to have brother and sister, brother and sister, <laughs> brother Scarlett and brother Josiah to minister in songs. Sister Scarlett need to be here. That's how we get ready to say her name. <laughs>
grace, but in his arms. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. No place I'd rather be but in his arms. In his arms, we feel protected. In his arms, we're not disconnected. Lord, we thank you. Falling in love with Jesus. If you have not yet fallen in love with him, fall in love with him. Thank you, Brother Scarlett. Thank you, Brother Josiah, for just blessing us and ministering unto the Lord in songs. Falling in love with Jesus. Best thing we can ever do is fall in love with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. This morning, I think, will be a little bit different than usual. I'm going to take my time, as they like to say. Some of the folks say, take your time, preacher. I'm not going to take my time to be long. I'm going to take my time to convey God's word to you Amen. in a way where I feel like it will be effective. And so that's why I will take my time not to drag it out, not to make it last long, um, but to be sure that you will understand and receive the word of the Lord this morning because it will be something different. Something a little bit different. I um, I kind of listened in a little bit to, uh, to our, in our Sunday school this morning. I just kind of listened in, and Brother Henry's such a great teacher. I appreciate um, how he just teaches and how he takes his time and goes through his text and scriptures and just share. And so we had a great lesson in Sunday school this morning. And I think uh, with what you heard, those of you that were in the adult Sunday school class this morning, um, I believe this will also help to piece some more of what you heard this morning together to give you some good understanding. So if you will follow with me today and stay focused for the few more minutes that we're going to be together in preaching the Word of God, I believe God is going to bless you and touch you in a way that you've never been touched. Somebody say amen. amen. Stand with me as we go before the Lord for the reading of the Word. We're going to honor Him by standing as we read His Word this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll just, I have the um, privilege of um, having my grandmom in service for a long time. I'm trying to remember, was it 74 or 76? Probably was 76. She was 76 when she got baptized in Jesus' name. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful that she was able to give her life to God. Still, God working in her life. We're trusting God will continue what he started. But I was just looking, and I saw her this morning. I said, my grandma and I have been together a long, long time. My goodness. And I can look and just um, picture when she was younger. And now she still acts like she's young. Still moving around, don't stop going. But we've been together a long time, and so I'm glad to have her in church this morning. Amen. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 63. The word of the Lord says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. Somebody say, not me. Not me. Mm. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were 
that believe not. And who should betray him? Verse 65, and he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. It means that we can't get to the Lord Jesus except God enables us. So you just don't make it work yourself. You need God to work in your life for you to respond or to be able to have the opportunity to come after God. Verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now that's something that we need to take note of because it says many of his disciples. A lot of times when we think about the disciples, we only think about the twelve. But there were many other disciples of Jesus Christ. And so this say many turned back after they heard the hard sayings. And so we look at verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. So apparently the twelve still stood around. Okay. While so many of them left, the twelve still stayed there. So it, the scripture says in 67, Jesus said unto the twelve, Will you also go away? I can, I can just picture that. Lord, that's a, that's a heavy one right there. Jesus asking you, will you follow the rest of them and leave me? My Lord. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Look at verse 69. This is interesting. Because somehow I never paid attention to this verse. But I paid attention to it because I was studying so diligently. Verse 69. And we believe and are sure. Man, I just need to preach that this morning. Amen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just need to preach. And we believe and are sure. Somebody need to make sure they believe and they're sure. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ. The son of the living God. Come on now. Oh. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. You may be seated. I want to draw your attention to verse 63 in the text. Not that last verse there. That might have to get preached another time. But verse 63 is where I want to draw your attention to. In verse 63, this, the, the word of the Lord says, It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. This is the portion of scripture we will focus on today. I've entitled our message today this, the spirit and the life of his word. The spirit and the life of his word. Hmm. To become a Christian or a part of the body of Christ, same thing, or the church, same thing. It is a spiritual operation. Amen. So when you say that you're saved, you went through or experienced a spiritual operation. Come on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, 
because there are physical applications involved. Unfortunately, we tend to lean towards the physical and pay less attention to the spiritual. Come on, that's good. Mm -hmm. In order for us to become saved, born again, become a part of the body of Christ, to, a, to, to get a relationship with Christ, it takes a spiritual operation for us to become a child of God, for us to become a Christian, for us to walk with Him. But somehow, because we had to uh, execute or, or, or do some, some physical application, we tend to hold on to the physical part of it more than we've held on to the spiritual part of it. Somebody say amen. amen. Salvation. Our relationship with Christ. Our born again experience is spiritual. It is not physical. It is not according to your ability. It is not according to the flesh. It's not according to carnality. It's not according to man's wisdom. Our spiritual life, our born again experience is a spiritual operation and we must keep it as such spiritual. Amen. 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 Galatians chapter 3 says this. Read your Bible carefully. Let me slow it down so you don't miss it. Paul said to the Galatians, mm -hmm. Are you so foolish? Question mark. So let's read our Bibles right. Here's what he said. After he asked them, Are you so foolish? Because the first thing you need to ask yourself, Why would Paul call his fellow Christians foolish? Or even ask them, Are they foolish? Right? So why would I look at someone and say, Are you foolish? I'm asking you, Are you foolish? Because you're doing something that is foolish. That's why I'm asking the question, are you foolish? So I'm certain Paul is asking the, the Galatians, are you foolish? Because he felt like they were doing something foolish. What was that that he felt like they were doing? This is what he said. Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Question mark. So what Paul is essentially saying to his fellow Christian brothers and sisters, you started out spiritual. Right. It's a spiritual thing that got you saved. It's a spiritual move and operation that caused you to become a part of the body of Christ. But what? You think now that you have started out spiritually that you can now start uh, following the flesh or allowing the flesh to take over? Right. How can you start spiritual and then go into the carnal, the fleshly, and think that you're going in the right direction? Right. Right. That's on. what Paul was asking. Are you foolish? Many of us tend to struggle with the spiritual because from the start of our Christian journey, we unfortunately focus more on the physical instead of the spiritual. With the help of the Lord today, I pray I can help us to become more spiritual or put more emphasis on the spiritual and not so much on the physical. The Word of God says it is the spirit that quickeneth. What does that mean when it says it is the Spirit that quickeneth? It means it's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit, the breath of God, which you will see in a second. It's the Spirit that makes things come alive. 
It's the spirit that makes things live. (laughs) Stick with me this morning. Stick with me this morning. What that means is this. It is the spirit that makes things come alive. Without the spirit, the body can do nothing. Amen. I'm going somewhere this morning. We might become a doctor for for a minute. We're going to become a a medical examiner for a minute because we're going somewhere in the Word of God this morning. Without the Spirit, the body can do nothing. Without the Spirit, the body is dead. It has no life. It is the Spirit that gives life. But we focus on the physical because we can touch. We can feel, we can smell, we can handle, and we can see it. Church, I'm here to tell you this morning, it's not because you can touch and feel and smell and handle and see why you should just err to that side of the, 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 the you know, being and, and living. Don't worry about so much of what you can feel, of what you can smell, touch, and handle, and see. Don't worry so much about those things because those things will not profit you much. Those things will not work in your life as a spiritual move. Those things will not be the essential things that get you close to Jesus. Come on. Come on. Amen. We love to worry about what we can see, what we can touch, what we smell and handle. Oh, God help us this morning. I, I, I want to help you this morning to understand that we can't focus on those things. Amen. Without the spirit, physicality does not exist. Mm-hmm. I'm going somewhere. I'm really going somewhere. For some of you that saying, where is he going? What is he talking about? I think we need to become more concerned with the spiritual. Somebody say amen. Somebody say to themselves, point their fingers to themselves. I need to become more concerned with the spiritual. I need to get more involved with the spiritual. Somebody say amen. I know it's a challenge engaging the spiritual because we do not see spirit, handle spirit, or touch spirit. But it is the spirit that gives us life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on. Oh, help us this morning, Lord. Check this out. Let me help you. I'm going to make you become a medical examiner this morning. So work with me here. In man's body, no one can tell where the life is situated. I love this. In vain. The medical examiner lays the body on the table and dissects the body. He will find life neither in the brain nor in the heart. He may cut the body in pieces as he pleases, but he will not find anything that he can lay hold upon tangibly and say, that is life. He can see all the effects and evidence of life. He can watch the various parts of the body, how it moves. He can behold all the appearances of life, which which is caused by a supernatural something. But life he cannot see. Right. Come on now. Church, a medical examiner usually look for cause of death. They lay you on the table. And they begin to cut you open, examine your brain, examine every part of the body to see if they can pinpoint why a person died. The interesting thing about that, what we just read is, they can go and see and have evidence of the person living. First of all, they were walking and talking so someone knew them. And so that's evidence that they were living. 
Then the medical examiner can cut the body up and begin to dissect and look at it and say, yeah, we know that the brain was functioning this way. Yeah, we know they had this for lunch today. And they can see all of that, that that body was living. But how do they locate the life that made that body live? Come on. Mm -hmm. If we don't get into God and realize who we are serving and who he is, we're missing it because it is a real stunner. It's real interesting, even if we think about ourselves right now, to know how we're moving, to know how we're thinking, to know how we, we can pick things up and put them down. And it's life that's doing that. But we can't see that. We can't see the life. We can't touch the life. We can't handle the life. We can't smell the life. We just know life exists. But we can't see it. We can't touch it. We can't smell it. We can't handle it. But life exists. Amen. That's how serious it is to understand the spiritual. Because it's the spiritual that makes you move. It's the spiritual that causes you to live. But somehow we're ignoring the spiritual, which is the thing that essentially makes us move and have our being. It's the spiritual that keeps us moving, that Amen. keeps us to be able to handle things. It's the spiritual that does that. But somehow we ignore that part and we're just worried about the exterior. Come on, that's good. It's like what Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And so what we do, we, we pay attention to the fruit and we pay attention to the branch that held up the fruit. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. But we never gave second thought to how the fruit really got there, which is the branch, which is the vine. Amen. God is trying to help us this morning, church, to take our eyes off of what we can see. Oh, help us this morning, Lord. God is trying to tell us something today. Take your eyes off of what you can see because it will profit you nothing. Take your eyes off of what you can handle because it will profit you nothing. Take your eyes off of what you can smell because it will profit you nothing. God is trying to help us this morning to realize the things that matter, we can't see them. The things that will help us, we can't see them. We need to take our eyes off the scene and put our eyes on Jesus. Somebody clap their hands up to the Lord. Hallelujah. You can't find life in the body when you cut it open. No, you can't. This is why we struggle engaging the spirit. We cannot see it. So we got to ignore it because we can't see it. There is no person who can describe who he himself is. I know we think we can, but just think about what we just talked about. About a body where the life is gone, and we're trying to figure out what happened. We don't know. We don't know. Come on. So now look at this. Which one of us can describe who we are? Let's get into it. All we know is we are spirit, soul, and body. And we are actively functioning, but who are we really? 
We're actively functioning. Who are we really? What are we? What is this life about? Where are we going? What are we trying to accomplish? What good are we doing? Who are we? Do we know that? Hmm. The only way to really know who you are is to go to your creator, who is Jesus Christ. He is the source of our identity. We will never know who we are until we go to the source, the one who is responsible for who we are. We need to go to Jesus to identify and to know and understand who we are. Only Jesus can tell us who we are. Without him, one is just aimlessly functioning and wondering, having no clue, but deceiving himself in thinking that he has a clue. I've been studying this thing for days. Every day I, I try to just get in a little bit and it just keeps me and holds me and holds me. I can't move because it's so interesting that we need to know this. We need to understand this. And so we, 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 we don't really understand. We think that we're doing something. Everything that we're doing, we think we're doing something. And we don't realize that if you didn't connect with Jesus, if you're not connecting with Jesus, you're just aimlessly just wondering and functioning and thinking that, oh, I'm somebody. Thinking, oh, I'm accomplishing something. And really all you're doing is deceiving yourself. Because when that day comes and that spirit leaves your body and your body become move, it, it can't move anymore, then what are you? What are you then? Who are you then? Come on. Amen. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm. This is why we must come to know Jesus, that he's God Almighty. Church, every week I stand here and I minister his word. I have to tell you about salvation. I have to tell you who Jesus is. I have to tell you how to be saved, how to be born again. And the first thing you must know, the first thing you must understand, if you're going to know who Jesus is, you need to seek him and ask him for revelation of who he is. He will reveal himself to you. Even if you don't ask, he will still reveal himself to you. But until we know who Jesus Jesus is, which is faith, and we repent of our sins, and we get baptized in his name, not in any titles, but in his name, oh my God, I have to say it every time I get it, I get to it, you can't be baptized in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, because there is no power in Father, there is no power in Son, there is no power in Holy Ghost, but there is power in the name of Jesus, I don't want to be baptized in his titles, I want to be baptized in his name because there's power in his name. There's power in his name. There's identity in his name. There's this power in his name. So when we get baptized, it doesn't make good sense to get baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Somebody hear me this morning. Don't get angry. Don't turn me off. Don't get frustrated with me because you've been baptized in titles. Just understand that God is using this preaching this morning to help you get deeper in him. He's not telling you you're not right. He's not telling you you're not saved. He's just using me to tell you the right things that you may do. Remember Cornelius. He was a man of God. He prayed and he gave. But he did not 
know about the baptism in the name of Jesus. He did not know about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And God sent him a man named Peter. And Peter went and ministered to him and his whole family. And as they ministered, the Holy Ghost fell. He spoke with tongues. And then he got baptized in the name of Jesus. He didn't get angry that he didn't know as much as he did. He didn't get frustrated and says, I don't want to know that because I'm already good with God. He just went ahead and did what the man of God told him to do. And I'm telling somebody this morning, just go ahead and do what I'm telling you to do. Because I'm speaking to you in the word of God. God will bless you. God will take you deeper in him. Hallelujah. You get baptized. Not in titles. But in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As a matter of fact, hear me somebody. If you want to text me, you want to send me an email, you want to do something, we can baptize you quietly in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We don't have to make a scene. We don't have to make a big deal. You just let me know, give me a heads up, and we can just orchestrate it where we can baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ without a whole lot of shenanigans. Amen. We just get you baptized because it's right. Father, Son, Holy Ghost baptism is not biblical. And don't, don't say God understands. We like to say, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm walking with God and he never told me this and God understands and there's no difference. Listen to me. When God sends you a word, all you need to do is just take the word, obey the word, and just ap- apply the word in your life. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Mm-hmm. What, what is it going to hurt? Just do it. So you get baptized in Jesus' name. And when you get baptized in Jesus' name, the Bible says, for the remission of sins, for the Amen. removal of sins. And then it says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the born-again experience. And so if we're going to be spiritual, if, if we're going to come to know who we are, we must be born again. Somebody amen. say amen. amen. Then and only then can we obtain the understanding as to who we are and what is our purpose in life. So many people are struggling with the purpose of God in their life or struggling in their life to know who they are. But I'm here to tell you today, if you just commit yourself to God, if you just give yourself to God, if you surrender to Him, if you trust His Word and obey His Word and practice His Word, I am telling you, God will begin to reveal to you things you never thought you knew, things you never understood. God will begin to reveal to you the things that you need to know so you can understand your purpose in life. Somebody say amen. Amen. The spiritual is important. Christianity is spiritual. Its origination is spiritual. It's internal, not external. Please understand that the internal, the spiritual, will be revealed externally. Hear me now. Let me slow it down right now. Let me slow it down. Let me slow it down. The spiritual will be revealed externally. The things we say, the things we do, the way we look, including what we wear, depending on what's going on on the inside, will always reflect on the outside. I don't care what you want to tell me. I know we can cover it up a little bit, but why you may be covering up one thing. So, for instance, there are some people that know how to look the part. But what? You can look the part, but we will detect by the fruit of the Spirit your attitude if 
you're really a part of it. So it doesn't matter how much we try to cover up and play the game. Trust me, what is going on on the inside will always be manifested on the outside. So you can look the part, but internally things are just not right. So eventually the way you speak, the things you do will come out. And also it can be where you might, you might not look the part and you might just be off. And internally, it's because something is not right. So no matter what you may think, no matter what I may think, the bottom line is we work from internally to the external. And so whatever is going on internally, it will always come out externally. Whether it's tears, whether it's facial expression, whether it's whatever it is, pain or aches. When you feel pain, it's not usually external. Pain is usually internal. But we demonstrate that we're feeling pain externally. It's what's going on on the inside that's important. It's what's going on on the inside that will manifest on the outside. We gotta pay attention to what's going on on the inside because that is spiritual and what's on the outside is carnal. It's time for us to start focusing more on the spiritual. It is the spirit. That's what the word of God said. It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profit nothing. Check this out. The Jews thought that religion lay in ceremonial observances, in eating certain meats or abstinence from certain meats, in washing up hands before eating, in going up to the temple to pray, and such like outward performances. Jesus tells them to their face that this flesh your flesh, my flesh, their flesh. This flesh, mm-hmm, you hear me? Religion, profit, the flesh, nothing. Mm-hmm. Religion, or let me say it right so you don't get lost. Relationship with Jesus Christ, the flesh, profit, nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, do we need this flesh to hand out a track? Sure we do. But it's what's internally that will, oh. Come on, come on. You have to hand out a trap because nothing is going on internally. So it's what's going on internally that the flesh can ever do anything. So the flesh don't profit anything. It's what's going on on the inside that you profit from. So the Lord told them in their face that your relationship with God, it profits nothing through the flesh. It is dead, unquickened, unquickening. It is not our outward observances, but our inward emotions, desires, belief, our knowledge of Jesus and adoring Him, which are the living things that works in us, which is how we worship Him. That will profit our soul. Jesus also says, my words are not concerning outward observances, but are of the spiritual character. The Word of God deals with spiritual things, not carnal and fleshly things. And so often we're trying our best to apply the Word of God to our human thinking and behavior. It is the Spirit that makes things alive. It is the Spirit that gives life. It is the Spirit that caused the body to function. Without the Spirit, the body is useless. The Spirit is to dictate to the body, not the other way around. Whatever we see out it's usually what's going on internally. Somebody clap their hands on the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. 
Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Whew. That scripture never go away. God's breath and your soul are essentially who you are. Your body is just a house, the vessel along for the ride. You are a spiritual being housed in a fleshly body. Listen to me. How you know you're a spiritual being? Oh my God, God is help me, Jesus. How you know you're a spiritual being? Before we ever existed, the Bible talks about God forming man, shaping man from the dust of the ground. So there was an image that was formed, like you see today. But that image had no life. That image could do nothing. It was just an image made out of dirt. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus Christ, the Almighty God, at that time, yeah. He didn't manifest Himself, so we didn't know His manifested name, Jesus, at the time. Right. He was God Almighty, of existing just as the Spirit of God. And so, what He did, this is what He did. And breathed into man's nostril. And man became a living soul. So here is something to think about. You are a spirit being. Mm -hmm. Because you came from the spirit. Yes, it was the spirit that created you. Mm -hmm. Not the flesh. Amen. And so when God breathed, we became a living soul. So the breath of God, the breath of God made you a soul. Where is your soul? Show me your soul. Show me your soul, somebody. Show me your soul. You're a spirit being. That's what's going to live eternally. Your soul. Amen. Listen to this. Only what you came from can sustain you. Hallelujah. So, where did you come from? Where did you come from? You came from God Almighty. Mm -hmm. Right? He went, and you became a soul. And then he gave you this body and said, just occupy that body so you can move around in the earth. Mm -hmm. But you're, that's why when we die, where does our body go? Back to the ground. But our soul is still rocking and rolling. Someplace. Still rocking and rolling. So you're a spirit being. Well, what, do, what do we mean by spirit being? You cannot be seen. Mm -hmm. Only when you take on this body, you can be seen. So why are we paying so much attention to the exterior? Why are we letting our bodies, what it feels, what it's trying to do, why do we let it take advantage of us and get the best of us when it profit us nothing? We must examine ourselves to be sure the things we do and classify as serving the Lord Jesus Christ, that we do them not from a carnal and fleshly standpoint or mindset. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we can be doing the things that we call serving God. We can be doing them from a fleshly and a carnal standpoint. I got to do this because it's my duty. It's not a good position to have when you're a child of God. You don't do anything because it's your duty. You don't do anything because you feel like it. You're supposed to do 
when you serve God, whatever you do, you're doing it because you're honoring God. Whatever you do, whatever you do, you're doing it because you're saying, I want to please God. I want to interact with God. I want to do what God wants me. We don't do the things of God because it's our duty. We don't do the things of God because I feel like it. We do the things of God because there's something going on internally. There's relationship internally going on. Our spirit and the spirit of God is interacting. There's relationship going on. And that's what moves us to do what we do. We don't do it because we feel like it. We don't do it because, oh, it's my duty. Somebody hear me this morning. You don't serve God because it's your duty. You don't serve God because you're trying to go to heaven. You don't serve God because you just need to do it. Because that is carnal. You serve God because you have an internal relationship. Your soul is, is interacting with his spirit. That's why you serve him. You have a relationship with him. You interact with him. He's interacting with you. And that's why you serve him. Not because it's duty or you feel like it. John 6 that we read earlier 63 the second part of that scripture says the word that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life. It is our reception of the word of God that will be the heart and soul of our Christianity. Uh-huh. Our reception of the word of God. See, we think that how we do things for people to see will identify us as a Christian. Uh-huh. So we put on our best because, you know, again, it's what we're accustomed to. It's what we're used to. And what do I always say? I hate to say this, but it's just the truth. If you can't get yourself together outside, you must be a mess in the home. Because we always put our best foot forward when we go outside in public. And if in public we're a mess, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, I don't want to see you behind closed doors. <laughs> no, I don't. Because we always put our best foot forward in public. Yes, we do. And so it's the same with us. Trying to be Christians. We put our best foot forth when we are among people. Praise the Lord. God bless. And we put on all that order. But I'm here to tell you this morning. It's what's going on internal. That makes the difference. That demonstrates and tells us where we are in Christ. It's not how we, 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 we deal with people and the things say and the body languages and all of that. It's not that. It's what's going on inside of us that determines who we are and what we are. A carnal interpretation of the word of God will mislead you. Mm. A carnal interpretation of God's word will mislead you. If you try to understand God's word with your intellect, you're in trouble. If you try to understand God's word by using your own understanding, you're going to miss out. It is spiritual. It is life. And we can't treat it like it's carnal, like it's tangible. It's something that will go on the inside and do work that we can't see, but work that will be evidence that work was done. We must apply spiritual interpretation of the Word of God and re hey, listen. Remember Nicodemus?
Nicodemus? All right, I got to talk to you about it. John chapter 3, verse number 1. I can say this by heart, but I'll just be studious and read it for you as a man should, as that, that's supposed to be ministering the word of God. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, One of you that need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, do like Nicodemus. Come see me at night. I got you. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher from God. Nicodemus was watching Jesus do miracles. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Okay, here's Jesus. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Hmm. Interesting from Jesus. Verse 4. This is us now. This is what we do. Jesus told Nicodemus to be born again. Nicodemus had no clue. Because all he was doing was thinking about carnality, flesh, what I can touch, what I can feel. Here's his response. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Here we go. All carnal. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? All carnal. He's thinking about a baby going back into the womb and be reborn. All carnal. Jesus said, you need to be born again. He said, first thing he's thinking about is the natural, carnal. Things you can touch and feel and, and see. And Jesus was no place with that. Because when we hear God's word, the first thing we want to do is related to things that are tangible. It's related to things that we can touch, we can feel, things we can smell. We want to relate it to, to the scene, the, what the eye can see. And the Lord Jesus is always talking to what's on the inside. Let God minister to what's on the inside. And don't worry about you trying to get an understanding with your own intellect. That's not where he's going. He's speaking spiritual, which is spiritual. And life, he's not speaking carnal. Nicodemus says, Can I go back into the womb and be born again? So Jesus had to let him know, You so carnal. Jesus could have just said, You so carnal, fleshly, don't even know anything about the spirit. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh, Jesus cleared up one. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Spirit and flesh is different. We can't focus on flesh as we often do. We gotta focus on the spirit. We gotta get more focused on the spirit. We can't continue to let our Christianity and how we walk with God and our relationship with God be carnal and fleshly. It needs to be spiritual. That's how we're going to make it. That's how we're going to defeat our obstacles and overcome the situations we face. Because if you think spiritual, you won't worry about it. Mm, Just think about right now. If our world, can you imagine if we were all saved in this world today and Corona is going on. Corona would be laughed at. Mm-hmm. Why? Because spiritual people, I hate to tell you all this because you're all not here. You're not at this point. You don't want to hear this. Spiritual people says, oh, if Corona get me and I die, I get to heaven quicker. Amen. That's what spiritual people says. But because we rely on the flesh all the time and the flesh is what we pay attention to, oh, I got to preserve my life. Oh, man, no, I can't die right now. That's what the fleshly people says. So, whether it's Corona, 
whether it's someone trying to take your life, it doesn't matter what it is. When you're spiritual, you understand. Listen, whichever way it go, I win. We're not handling Corona like that. To say whichever way it go, I win. We're not saying that. We're, we're, we're scared, we're fearful and all that stuff. But all of that is because of where we stand with God. Where we stand with Jesus Christ will determine our reaction to everything. What reaction do we have right now to what we're going with? Are we concerned about it? Or we're just like, I'm a child of God. I remember when Paul made a statement, the Apostle Paul made a statement about he wasn't sure. He felt like he was ready to go to heaven and be with the Lord or he needed to stay here. And after kind of praying to God and negotiating, Paul realized, all right, since God is not ready for me, it's more beneficial that I continue to stay on this earth to do the work of God. To do the work of God. Because that's the only thing he wanted to be here for. Oh, somebody, that's too heavy for a son. Paul only wanted to be here in this earth just to do the work of God. So whether he's in the earth, he's with Christ. Oh, come on. Come on. You think it's a joke when he says, oh, for me to live is Christ. And, oh, God help me. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What he's saying is, if I stay here, I'm still in Christ. I'm doing the work of Christ. But if I leave here, I'm with Christ and I'm not doing any work. I'm resting. I'm in his presence. I'm in peace. So whichever way it goes, I'm good. If I leave, I'm with Christ. If I'm here, I'm with Christ. Because here, I'm doing a spiritual work for Christ. was focused on the spiritual. So because he was focused on the spiritual, he could make those statements. For me to live here on this earth is still with Christ because that's who I'm serving. That's what I do every day. But if I leave here, I'm good still because I'm going to be with Christ. Amen. Listen. Verse 7 says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Jesus said, my words deal with the inner life and are addressed to your spiritual nature. Can somebody just stop right here with me and just think about that for a minute? What we've been reading, what is preached to us, what, what we see in the scriptures is supposed to feed what's inside, not your mentality, not your carnal way of thinking. Yeah. And sometimes we're reading because that's, what, again, what we're used to. We read to get knowledge. We read for our intellect. And so here I am today telling you, as clear as I can tell you, when you read the Word of God, you need to let it feed your soul. It needs to go on the inside when you read the Word of God. We cannot read the Word of God and continue to get it just in our mind, continue to obtain knowledge, because knowledge is nothing. It doesn't profit us anything. Knowledge is fleshly. Oh God, but if we take that knowledge and let it affect the spirit, let it affect our soul, then now something will change. Then now something will change.
will happen. But if we just get knowledge, it is carnal and it profit us nothing. We can't just obtain the word of God and say, oh yeah, oh yeah, I get it now. And it never impact our spirit. It never impact our soul. The word of God is internal. It must impact the internal and not the external. Let me message you some more. What time is it? All right, I'm getting there. This is why when we pray, we can't just say some good words and feel like we prayed. We must allow our spirit to commune with the Spirit of God. I didn't understand. I probably couldn't have explained that to you years ago as I was learning how to pray. Remember, I always tell you the story. When I was at my home church, people used to say, man, you pray so long. And so when I was praying, I don't know what people did. If they just felt like, boy, I don't feel like praying tonight, they probably walked out of the sanctuary because they knew they was in for a little bit. (laughs) But they knew I prayed a long time. But remember what I told you, and I wasn't eloquent enough to explain it this way. I prayed long because I was praying to get in touch with Jesus. People, I was praying to get in touch with Jesus. So a lot of times, you might say it still today. Man, he prayed long. Because I'm going to pray until I feel there's an interaction by the Spirit of God and my soul. And that's why I pray long. It's not because I'm trying to pray long. It's not because I'm trying to show up that I pray long. I'm trying to interact with Him. And if I'm just saying words and I don't feel like I'm interacting, I don't like that. I'm frustrated. Have there been times where I felt like I said words and felt like I didn't pray? Yeah. There's been plenty of times where I feel like I just said words. But I'm here to tell you this morning, every time I try to pray, I try to make sure it's spiritual. I try to say words and just seek after him that there will be an interaction as I begin to talk to him. I can feel him talking back to me or touching me or directing me. It needs to be a spiritual interaction when I talk to him, when I pray. So I'm not just saying vain words. Same for you. You need to make sure you're not just saying words, but you sit there, you lay there, you stand there, you walk around there until you feel like there's a communion going on on the inside between you and him because what we're doing is spiritual. It's not carnal. This lady, that Hindu, the other day, somebody let her tune into one of our podcasts, and she told him, my Lord, he seemed like he's fussing with somebody, so let me not fuss anymore. I'm never fussing with anyone. But I'm always interested in how people view us. Because we can get into our thing and just do what we do. And and for the most part, it's all right. It's good. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, for the ones that don't understand it, you know, they're missing out. But but something every once in a while you hear something you think about a little bit. And so the the preaching with passion sounds like you're fussing. I'm not fussing, church. That's why I'm bringing that up. I'm not fussing. I'm just just passionate about what I'm saying. 
because I've been studying it all week. It's been going in my mind. I mean, every uh, every free moment I get, every once in a while I try to take a moment and look at something else just to just to keep my, my mind being normal. But my goodness, I just got to be pulled back into it. And here I go again. And this word has consumed me. Amen. And so I bring this to a close here in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 this morning in the New International Version, not the normal King James Version, because I want you to see it clearly. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 4 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I love this. It's telling you the word of God is living. And that's what I've been trying to tell you this morning. The word of God, it, 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 when you take it in, it does something internally. Amen. And so the word of God is living. It's active. And then I like what it says when it says it's sharpening any two-edged sword, dividing. Watch this. Because it's telling you how your body is made up, but that the Word. <laughs> come on, come on. The Word deals with every part of you. So it says, look what it says. Dividing soul and spirit. So the Word of God is going to deal with your spirit and your soul. It will separate the joints and the marrow because guess what? Those things, it only... The, the spirit only will give life to the joint and the marrow. But as far as who you are, your soul, the spirit of God, the word of God minister to us internally and speak to our soul. The word of God speaks to our soul. Internal things go on when the word of God is, is, is digested, when the word of God is received. Internal things go on and the flesh profit nothing. Come on. Uh-huh. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of our heart. God's word judges everything. So we can't hide from God. We can't hide from what he's doing. The word of God is living, life-changing, and dynamic as it works in us. The demands of the word of God requires decisions. We not only listen to it, we let it shape our lives. We let the word of God shape our lives because the word of God is living. It applied to these first century Jewish Christians and it applies as well as to the Christians today. The word of God lives and it gives life to those who believe it and obey it. If we don't believe it and obey it, listen, I'm not stepping on your toe and give you a hard time. Don't turn me off yet. I'm not all the way done. I'm almost there. But listen to me. Saying amen and praise the Lord is wonderful. Giving God the glory and the honor is wonderful. But I'm begging you. I'm begging you. The things that you're hearing, please take it. Take it in. Let it work for you. Let, let it go into your heart. Let it go into your let it go into your spirit. Let it let it feed your soul. Let the word of God become an internal digestion in you. Let it let it be digested in you internally. Let it stay in you internally so it can shape you and make you and help you to become who God wants you to be. Let the word of God make you and shape you. The word of God is living and powerful. It breathes life for people to 
today. God reaches out to those who look into the pages of the Bible, calling them to life, meeting their needs, expressing their deepest emotions, offering answers to their greatest questions. The Word of God penetrates through our outer facade and reveals what lies deep inside. Amen. This is why I said to you, you become a real Christian, you're not worried about what nobody else thinks anymore. Because you got to deal with the Word. See, I say some things sometimes that don't go right over your head. So here is something why you need to understand why I can't worry about what people think. I'm already dealing with the Word. The Word is what decides what happens to me. And so that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm thinking about. Like, how is the Word working in me? How's the Word affecting me? I can't worry about the Word in people. Let me worry about the Word, how it's working in my life. And then I will worry about people later. I gotta worry about the Word, how it's working in me. You gotta worry about the Word, how it's working in you. We can't worry about what people think about us. No, we gotta worry about what the Word says about us. Whatever the word says, that's what we need to be concerned about. Not what people say. So we need to ingest the word of God and digest the word of God that it will change our life, that it will shape us and mold us. The word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, pierces even to the division of the soul and spirit and joints and marrow. Nothing can be hidden from God. Somebody say that. Nothing can be hidden from God. We can't hide nothing from God. His word goes every place. Neither can we hide from ourselves. If we sincerely study and seek God for the understanding of his word, it reaches deep past our outer life as a night passes through skin. It delves deep into our inner lives and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. The word of God is powerful. And we must know that it works. Amen. Listen to me. I'm going to close here. We cannot keep secrets from God. In the beginning was the Word. Mm-hmm. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. God's Word, when it's applied internally, is like God working in on the inside. Because He and His Word is synonymous. And so it's like God working internally when you ingest and digest his word. Mm -hmm. He is working internally in your life. And so that's how changes come to us. That's how we become delivered. That's how we are transformed because God's word is synonymous to who he is. And so if he's a God that works and is all powerful, then his word is also powerful because his word and him are the same thing. And so I close with this. Stand with me to your feet. Here we go. The Word of God. The Bible describes itself and its work in many ways. So here are some scriptures that tell you some things about the Word of God. And I close with these. Isaiah 55, 11. God's Word will not return to Him empty, but will do what God decides and achieve the purpose for it to be achieved. Jeremiah 23, 29. God's word is like fire and like a hammer that can break a rock into pieces. Oh, I love that one. Our hearts are so hardened, you think that you can't be saved? Huh. <laughs> Let that word get in there and see what happens. It's like a hammer. It breaks up that heart that's just hardened. 
John 6, 63, which we read this morning. God's word is spirit and life. Huh, love that. Acts chapter 7, verse 38. God's word is living. Ephesians 6 and 17. God's word is part of the believer's armor. The sword of the spirit. Oh, Hebrews 4 and 12, what we read, God's word is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, judging people's thoughts and intentions. 1 Peter 1 and 23, God's word is living and enduring through which people are born again. The word of God is spirit and life. Listen to me. Believe the word. Obey the word. Live out the word. And it will make you alive and give you abundant life as well as eternal life. Somebody say amen. Amen. The spirit and life of his word. His word is not like any other word. It's not a physical, carnal thing. It's not an intellectual thing. It's a spiritual thing. And when we take in the word of God, when we ingest it, when we eat the word of God, when we digest it, it begins to work on the inside. And the reason why most of us are not seeing uh, growth or transformation or, or, or the things that we desire in the spiritual realm, we're not seeing it, is because we're treating God's word as an intellectual thing that we read. God's word is not for the intellect. God's word is for the heart. It's for the spirit. It's for the soul. God's word is to transform lives. God's word is to save lives. And so it's the word of God that will save us. But we got to realize that the word of God is not intellectual. And so we don't get together in church just to just to hear, oh man, that was a good word. Oh man, man, did you hear that? Oh, I didn't think about that. All of those things is intellectual. All of those things are or or educational. We need the word of God to go on the inside, to build godly character on the inside. We need the word of God to change us from the inside and work towards the outside. But it has to start taking place on the inside. The change, the transformation, the shaping and molding has to begin on the inside. And then we will see it on the outside. Our attitudes will be different. Our relationships will be different. How we interact with one another will be different if we take the word ingested and let it minister to our soul. We are spiritual beings. And we can only be preserved in a spiritual way. We can't be preserved carnally. We can only be preserved spiritually. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the word of God. Church, I pray this will help you to see God's word differently. I pray you will engage in God's word differently. When you pray, you will pray differently. The way you interact with God, you will interact differently because God wants to do something in your life. Oh, will you worship him today? Will you worship him today? God, help us to slow this thing down and just look to you and let you gently minister to us and let your word go 
on the inward part and begin to speak to us and begin to shape us and begin to mold and somebody cry out to the Lord right now. Somebody worship the Lord and begin to interact with Him and begin to let Him minister to your soul because we're not concerned about the outward right now. We're only concerned with the inward right now. So will you allow God to minister to you as you minister to Him? Oh, somebody, help me this morning. Go into a deeper place in Christ that you can stand in these days that you can stand in this hour, that you can be who you need to be in Christ. You can only be who you are in Christ from a spiritual perspective, not from any other perspective, but being spiritual, allowing the Spirit to minister to your soul, allowing the Spirit to transform your life. Oh, Spirit of the living God, move inside of us. Word of God, break us down and build us back up in the way you will have us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, have your way, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, blessed be your name. Somebody take this opportunity to connect with Jesus Christ this morning. I know we came together to worship him and to love him and to receive his word. And this is the point now where we allow God to minister to us individually. We need to let God speak to our inward part. To let God give us direction. To let the word of God begin to work and not just be intellectual information. Let God have his way now. Let his spirit minister to your soul. Let his word begin to shape you and give you life. We receive life through the word of God. We receive life through the word of God. We receive strength by the word of God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Somebody receive the Spirit of the Holy Ghost this morning and let God inhabit you that He can minister to you. You need to look to the heavens and throw your hands in the air and begin to worship God that He will bless you with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let Him have His way. Let the Spirit of God stir you. Stir you to the place where you're talking other tongues. Let the Spirit of God stir you and move you that you get to a place where you know you're spiritual and not carnal. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Let your word, oh God, shape us and mold us. Let your word cause life, oh God, to come in us, Lord God. We need life, Lord God. And your word will cause life, oh God, to take place on the inward part. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We bless your name. We give you the honor. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet.
feet and allow them to our path. Your word and spirit and life. We can't live without your word. We need your word, oh great God. Ha, ha. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I bless your name. There is none like you. None like you. None like you. We worship you. We give you the honor today. We bless your name. Oh, you are our God. You are our God. You are my God. And our Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The life and the spirit of your word, we thank you for it. We thank you for the life and the spirit of your word. We thank you for the life and the spirit of your word. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank everyone for joining us today. We appreciate you spending some time. We appreciate the opportunity to come together as the body of Christ. Believe me, because we're a spiritual organism. Trust me, God is looking down. Even though we're in our own places, our own spaces, listen. God knows that we have joined together for his cause, for his purpose, to worship him, to love him, to interact with him. He knows this. And church, I'm grateful that we can still come together and worship him together. I appreciate every one of you. Thank you for just being a part of this church, for being a part of the kingdom of God, and just being involved. Get involved. Continue to serve the Lord, not by your carnality but serving from internally, spiritually. Let God have his way. I want you to have a great afternoon, great day. As I mentioned earlier, please, if you need me, reach out to me. If there's anything that I can do, don't hesitate. Just reach out to me. I will do whatever I can. Love you and appreciate you. And I thank God for you. And I continue to pray for you that God's will be done. Amen. Continue to keep the Barretts, I didn't mention them this morning, the Barretts in your prayers. Derek Barrett and Lillian Barrett and Jamali, uh, their son, keep them in prayer. Thank you for joining us. We love you. Continue to worship with us. We're still here. We're just allowing the Spirit of God to just continue to minister to us. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. And we'll talk soon. Amen.